This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson, a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm. All right, John, we're back again on our back reg- on schedule. Back on schedule <laughs> on our regular Friday call. I think every podcaster in the world wants to have a few episodes in the can. I'm I'm doing uh you know curly braces right now. Uh, it because if you we basically record the show on Friday. Chris, our editor, edits it over the weekend, and then we publish on Tuesday. But that gives us no margin for travel or being sick or, you know, something goes crazy at work. So we have to figure that out. One one of these days, we'll we'll record a bunch back to back and then we'll just have some. Yeah, have a bloopers episode. Yeah, just have have a backup plan. (laughs) Although actually one backup plan we could do is do some interviews. I think um, for anyone that's listening, that's trying to start a podcast, the number one thing I heard at MicroConf, the number one thing I've heard in email is, how do I get more listeners? And a great trick is to interview people that have big audiences. Yeah, because, yeah, that would be great. So that, that's something we could try. Uh, I, I shared this story at MicroConf because I'd forgotten about it. But when I started Product People, we didn't have, you know, really that big of an audience. I think we got up to... I don't know, 100 or 200 listeners or something. And we really wanted to get interviews with all these people, all these heroes, these product heroes of ours. And we're like, how are we going to do this? And so the trick was we had an email list and I emailed those people and I just put a poll in the email that said, which of these five people do you most want to hear on the podcast? And it was people I wanted to talk to. And then the number one result was Patrick McKenzie, Patio 11. Uh-huh. And so then I emailed him and said, 38% of our listeners want to hear you on the podcast. And so, and you are our number one choice. And so I didn't have a relationship with him back then. And that's what got him on the show. And that was our first really big bump nice. in terms of listeners. So, Yeah, that makes a huge difference. So I think we have, we have a few people interested. Yeah, that have, that have kind of reached out and want, and want to talk about their story and what they're building. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and I think the show has got enough traction that we could be pretty choosy about who we get on the show. We really want to hear, you know, good stories. We want to hear about people who are, you know, maybe have done it in the past successfully, but are maybe also building something new. We'll do that some point in the future. We want to get into the main topic right away. And it's something you and I have thrown back back and forth. And that is how transparent of a startup do we want to be? To me, the transparent movement started with Buffer because they said, we are going to tell people about everything. We're going to tell them how we hire. We're going to tell them how we fire. We're going to say, this is our process for making decisions. So they, when they hire, they say, listen, if you can't have all of your stuff open. Like they publish all of their salary information. Wow. And so they're kind of taking this to the extreme. And I guess that's part of our question today is <laughs> how how transparent do we want to be? 
And for a lot of, you know, startups, you know, what people want to know is revenue. Like how much money are you making? Yeah. And that's often the question people ask on podcast interviews. So, hey, what are you doing in monthly recurring revenue? And yeah. so, and some folks are like, uh, I don't share that information. And other people are like, oh yeah, we're really open about that. We're doing 10K a month or whatever. Do you think, do you think it, do you think the people who are doing really well are more open to sharing that number? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, that's, and I, I noticed uh, right message. My friend uh, Brennan's company just went. Uh-huh. Uh, they just went transparent, but okay. they they'd been working on this for a while, and they just hit 10k. So it's almost like once you hit a certain number, then it makes sense. There's the, enough social proof, like oh, yeah. like we're over 10k. It's a good time to be transparent. <laughs> yeah. So I think <laughs> I think when you hit a certain you know, for revenue, it's like if you're struggling, you don't really want to share that information. I don't think we're, yeah, for us, I don't think we're struggling. We're just new. Yes. We're growing. I guess we have no reason not to share it if we, if we want to go that route. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, okay, let's go into why, why would people want to do this in the first place? What are the, what's the benefit of being transparent? I mean, one thing is that we often learn from other companies that have shared like like an inside look of their their company, right? Do you like those posts? Like, are you the kind of guy that digs into that kind of stuff or? I like that stuff, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if they're open about, you know, expenses and, and revenue, you know, it kind of helps other small companies get a good idea of what what people deem worthy to spend money on. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think also there's a big, a lot of talk about the Whisper Network. Have you heard of this? No. So Whisper Network is, it's, it's often used in the context of a company and when employees talk about how much money they're making. So, hey, how much money are you making? How much money are you making? Ah. And, and traditionally, this has been a faux pas. Like you don't talk about how much money you're making. And companies really don't like this usually. And again, socially, it used to be not a thing you talked about, but for, you know, especially uh, minorities and maybe, you know, uh, like, well, women, like there's a lot of benefit to knowing what other people make because there's a lot of intrinsic discrimination when it comes to salary. And so uh, a whisper network is like, hey, how much money are you making? And there's just value in knowing okay, well, Bill's making this. He's been working here the same number of years I have, and he has the same amount of responsibility, but I'm making 25% less. It gives the employee a sense of where they stand, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we can translate this over to startups, you know, it used to be you would hold all that stuff to your chest, right? Like, nope, we're, we're doing just fine. We're, we're a successful company. <laughs> but... You know, for us, we've got questions, right? We've got questions yeah. about how have you done equity? How have you done, uh, you know, uh, how much traffic are you getting? What's your conversion? All that stuff is helpful to know because you need something to compare yourself to, right? Right. So I suppose the, the benefit in one sense is giving back, right? You, you give back. If you find that stuff helpful, it's only fair that you do it for other people. What do you like maybe not like about it? 
when you hear this idea of like, hey, John, let's share our numbers. Let's share our uh, salaries. Let's share our, you know, uh, pricing, our expenses. Yeah. What kinds of thoughts kind of go through your mind? Um, I mean, sometimes I think it it could kind of maybe affect how people see the the longevity of the company, maybe. Like, if we're not doing well, are they going to be less likely to sign up? Because maybe we're not going to stick around. Yeah. Uh, less likely to give us a shot. Uh, on the flip side of that, maybe they're good, they would give us a shot because we're the small guy. Yeah, there, it's, yeah it's, it's difficult. And take a look at that. In our show notes, there's buffer transparency. If you look at everything they're sharing, it's insane. It's just like all the salaries, all of the revenue, you know, their values, their fundraising, emails of every single team. Oh, each email we send can be seen by any teammate. It's like, wow. wow. Like, how would you like everyone on your team to see every email that you send? Right. That's, or have the option to, right? Wow. At Buffer, we love it. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. There's some emails that I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about all of this. There's obviously a scale <laughs> of transparency and yeah. oh, product roadmaps. That's another thing. How do you feel about open product roadmaps? I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Gives, it gives customers, potential customers, a something to look for forward to they probably have questions about what we're working on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. obviously would maybe give competition a window into what we're thinking about yeah and um, that's a downside that i've heard rob walling uh from drip talk about he said he used to be really transparent about his numbers and share all of that stuff and then he found that competitors started using it against him and so Huh. I, that's something to think about too. It, it, part of me wants to be like, oh yeah, let's just share it. Like, this is great. But another part of me goes, I mean, there are competitors out there that want to, you know, <laughs> win. Yeah. We, yeah. We want to win. And I, I mean, I, I would, I would certainly love to see competitors roadmaps, but yeah, honestly, that might make me more anxious. Yeah. Right. Cause it's just, it's the two of us building this thing. Yeah. And I would probably get quickly overwhelmed by like how much stuff there is we could still do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Spencer Fry from Podia says, why I'm not in favor of public roadmaps. Number one, things change. Number two, I want customers purchasing for today's features, not tomorrow's. So that's interesting. Yeah. He's, you know, he's saying that's not even related to co competition. He's just like, in terms of communicating, uh, about you know the features that are coming up yeah. this is this these are some downsides so i could see that too let's just talk about revenue let's say we were gonna there's two places where you can share your revenue right now uh, one is bare metrics open startups so we would have to sign up for bare metrics and then there's an option to make all of our numbers public so mrr churn uh growth like all that stuff people can see it and then there's Indie Hackers just opened up because they were acquired by Stripe. You can connect your Stripe account to Indie Hackers and they can pull in, you know, this is how much money you're making. Oh. And there's a lot more. If you look at that site, it's uh, IndieHackers.com slash products for anyone listening. There's a lot more diversity there. Uh, you know, there's some sites that are doing $500 a month and then they have this Stripe verified revenue badge you can have 
which is, you know, this is how much money people are making. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely some social proof. Like I look at this one here, it has, it's doing $30,000 a month. And I think, oh, wow, there must be something there, right? Like they're obviously doing good enough. But another part of me goes, ah, man, I wonder if this... (laughs) Like, will people sign up for Transistor because they see that we're doing a certain amount in MRR? Right. Maybe it's not for our customers, right? So much as other owners of startups. Yeah. But that is kind of our target market. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's tricky to figure this stuff out. Let's, Let's think about what we would want to get out of it. That might be a good way of slicing this. So... What do we want? So under what do we want, we could say, um, well, one thing is we want to give back, right? Mm -hmm. What what are other things we would want to get out of it? Well, we want to give back, but we'd also maybe want to get some feedback. Maybe that our numbers could initiate some advice or... Mm, Yeah. Like having our numbers public could, you know, maybe invite some folks to help us out. Right. Maybe start a conversation around that and mm-hmm. how, to imp- how to improve those numbers. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the other thing for us is it kind of fits with our brand so far because we have this show where we're being, we're sharing our story every week about how we're building this thing. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of fits with this narrative we've already started, right? Yep. Uh, and we know from listener feedback, they want to hear more of the kind of gritty stuff like... <laughs> You know, like, what's it really like? And that it would definitely, like, if people could see our numbers, it would definitely, it would definitely help them to understand what it's like. And we, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be able to hide as much. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess the question is, are we trying to, I mean, people who listen to this show, and probably the people who have already signed up to use us, are aware that it's just two of us. Mm-hmm. Are we trying to give the impression that we're bigger than we are? Because, I mean, a lot of small companies do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What's your opinion on that? Um, I don't think we're trying to seem bigger than we are. But if people aren't aware that it's just two of us, I think that's still okay. I mean, that's it's also good, I think. Yeah. I I personally really like the idea of almost like, this is actually something I wanted to run by you. I I want to put like who we are right on our homepage. Yeah. Like have your smiling face and my smiling face and say, Hey, we're just two guys building a small company. And yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think about being really upfront with the idea that it's just two of us? I think I'm okay with that. Although we're supposed to, we're supposed to bicker more. Yeah. We're we're supposed to fight Mars. I'm trying Derek Reimer, Eric Normand. I'm trying, I'm trying to fight with John Moore, but we just agree too much. It's like, I, I don't know. I think he's half Canadian. I, yeah, possibly. My parents grew up almost close to Canada. Well, see, it, there might be some of that. It can seep over. <laughs> uh, during MicroConf, Justin Mares, I think that's how you say his last name, told this story about one thing that really increased the respondents to a survey they sent was adding the line, could you take 30 seconds to fill out the survey? It would really help me grow my little company. And as soon as he added little company, people were like, oh, oh, this isn't like a big corporation. It's a little company like me. And I think, you know, that that there's something about that that's uh, that can be helpful. Yeah. 
the the folks at Basecamp wrote about this in Rework as well, which is to say, you know, one of your advantages as a small company is to just wear your smallness on your sleeve. Like say, this yeah. is who we are. We're small and we're proud to be small. From my experience in in previous working for previous startups or even um, you know, more recent jobs. Uh, from the outside looking in, I think from other people's perspectives, you have this idea that everything is running well and everything's going smoothly. And mm -hmm. uh, even for probably like big companies like Amazon and Google, everyone probably looks at those companies and Apple and says, wow, they must have their, like their processes are super smooth and very, yeah, very well thought out. And I think m the reality of that is that like, most people are probably just making this stuff up, right? Like, yeah, there's probably a lot of like manual stuff happening behind the scenes and like grunt work. You probably think Amazon's like this automated robot run company, but it's not even close to that, I doubt. Mm -hmm. um, so I think us giving out how we work and the struggles we deal with, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, comparing those to other people who have shared the same things, um, maybe can break that illusion that like, running a company is an easy thing or yeah. or the ones that are succeeding are doing something different than other ones because they're probably not yeah like, behind the scenes yeah i actually really like that idea of breaking the illusion because i think that's what people struggle with they always think oh i must be doing this wrong or yeah well those folks must have it all figured out but if you could see how you know in our case how we're really struggling and we really don't know everything you know, it, I think it also plays into something we've talked about before, which is really being careful about your ego. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the most uh, potentially damaging things is if we have, there's almost like this startup ego where it's, you know, they're, they're like, we've got everything figured out and we're super A type and, you know, we're f flying around the world raising money and, you know, we've we've got this going on and this going on and we're in this meeting and, and it, it's almost like creating, it, it's creating all of this, uh, illusion, just like you said, yeah. that they've got it all together, that they're super successful. And then you, their company fails and you read the postmortem and it's just devastating. It's, <laughs> you, you realize, wow, they were a mess. Yeah. And one way to combat, you know, that danger is to be really transparent to say this is what we're there's nowhere to hide it, it's almost yeah. like yeah. it's very stoic in some ways to like, say, we're a mess but we're open about it yeah we're a mess but we're open about it <laughs> show title chris i think in terms of pros and like what we want if we're trying to pursue less ego and being less full of ourselves that is helpful even I found myself as I was talking at microconf I'm just you know I'm a I'm a storyteller and it it was easy for me to to have that temptation to want to like almost give this impression that wasn't real right like oh yeah things are great and everything's perfect and you know we're killing it we're crushing it and I I I can just see that being really damaging when you build up this illusion and then it's like you're just working so hard and you're so scared that that might all come crashing down yeah i think i think for us maybe the openness that comes with sharing our numbers or our process or anything related to that 
the openness of that and writing about it is probably a good way to like it's almost like therapy like it's to step back and actually mm-hmm. think think about how we've been building the company and running the company so far yeah therapy and self-reflection i think that's a really good point because as you're talking about it even as i was sharing a video i'll, I'll put it in the show notes um we rolled out analytics spoiler alert we're gonna we were gonna talk about this at the end but <laughs> we rolled out analytics uh inside of transistor so podcast analytics and then the next day uh, we were talking back and forth in Slack and John's like, ah, oh, you know what? I think bar graphs would be better here. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that is a, that, that's a better way to visualize this data. And so we did this other update. We had two updates back to back. And as I was creating this video, showing people the feature, there's this huge spike in our podcast listener analytics and just publicizing that I was I realized how helpful it would be for people to see like our listener base was like way down here. And then what was made the difference? Well, it was launching on product hunt. Yeah. And you can just see it in the bar graph. It's, it's like small, 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 three to 400 people subscribe and then it jumps up. And then we figure we've got probably an average of 1500 people that subscribe to this show. Yeah. So, I think sharing that information, and so it's less of a black box, that might not work for other people, but at least they can see like, oh, here's one way you can step up. Here's one way, you know, oh, what I got to do is I got to find a bigger channel than what I have already. You know, you give them a path forward. With, you know, financial numbers too, with Transistor, we could eventually relate, you know, have a a graph of our uh, revenue. And if we had some sort of large marketing push or some promotion, like we could tie that back to something, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. have a, have a similar spike in revenue. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like share the share what's working for us in terms of um, gaining more revenue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let Let's go back to the idea of financial transparency because I think that's that's the big one in my head. That's kind of the decision I want to make this <laughs> this show is: Are yeah. we going to in our case, I think the first step would be to hook our numbers up to indie hackers. Yeah. So how would you feel about that? How would you feel about us just connecting Stripe and letting people see how we're doing at this point? I think I'm okay with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to come at this from the perspective of someone who would want to know this information about another company or a service that I was using. Yeah. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be inter- really interesting to know that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still wrestling with it in my head too. So we've, we've talked about a lot of what we want and what the advantages would be. The, there is the potential that our, our, so how could our competitors use this against us? That's, that's one thing we could think about. Is there, is there anything our competitors could do to, because right now they don't really know. We've, I mean, right. we've we've been somewhat transparent. We've said we've got you know roughly sixty early access customers right now. But what's a way that you know some of these other people in the space might use it against us? I don't know. Undercut our pricing. Have some sort of like promotion to to trend like transition away from us to them. Uh, maybe maybe like if they're even aware of us as a company, they were maybe seeing those numbers make them like a little bit less nervous about us taking over their yeah their share of 
the market. Yeah. And is that an advantage for us? Is it an advantage for our competitors to be nervous? Right. Um, and is there any is there any negatives to our customers knowing our revenue? Potentially, yeah. I mean, I I feel like if the revenue was high enough, they maybe wonder if our pricing is too high, mm. or if they could find ways to get a discount or something like that. Yeah. But I, but I don't know that. Like, that, this is the, they're all like hypotheticals because we haven't done it yet. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is one disadvantage is that uh, we gave early access customers a discount, which is yeah. which is a normal practice. But that number is not really known publicly, and eventually we're going to launch uh, a premium product and a premium tier, and people would be able to reverse engineer our numbers and see, oh, yeah. well, these people are getting it for this. Uh, why can't I get it for that, right? Yeah. So what what do the op- what do these open revenue numbers even show? I guess I'm not. Yeah, I'm not totally. Let's take a look at one. So here's one for Snapshooter. Uh, actually, I know this guy. So he's doing $1,547 a, a month. And if we click into his thing and we click on revenue, so in Indie Hackers, all they give you is uh, monthly revenue. So that's a lot less information than what Barometrics gives you. If you go to Barometrics Open Startups and you click on any of those, let's click on Moon Mail, Simple Email Marketing. If you click on this one, you can see monthly recurring revenue, net revenue, fees, other revenue, average revenue per user, annual run rate, lifetime value, user churn, oh wow, revenue churn, net revenue churn, <laughs> active customers, new customers, like it this is a lot of information. Yeah, that's I'm assuming you hook up Stripe to this too. Yeah. Yeah, you hook up Stripe to this, but Barometrics calculates all of this information for you internally and then there's a okay. flag you can use to turn it on um, public. And so, I mean, some of these I click through on them and I look at, for example, uh, how many coupons did were redeemed in the last 30 days. And it's like, oh, wow, there's like, there's a ton of coupons, like $5,000 worth of coupons redeemed in the last. So obviously they're giving out, they're giving out, uh, you know, uh, discounts. Yeah. And then refunds. There's a big spike in refunds at one point, you know, thousands of dollars in refunds. And it's like, ooh, man, what's going on, you know? So hmm. how do you feel contrasting those two? Do you, is there one you feel more comfortable with or what, what are you kind of thinking? I like the simplicity about of indie hackers and just having it be... Mm-hmm. Having it be a, a simple chart. What about the barometrics approach? Would you, how would you feel if we did that for transistor? Uh, probably less okay right now. I mean, like you said, I think it would. Man, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's. I just opened up buffers because we have large numbers. Yeah. Um, and you can also click through on this too. So you can click through, and then you can you can put time. Like, okay, I want to see all their refunds in the last year. And I mean, <laughs> and it just shows you like six months ago, is it up or down? Yeah. 
This is a lot of information. It's a lot of information. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I would want to see this personally for our company. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when, I don't know, maybe when we're bigger, this would be more, more useful even for our, everyone, anyone else to look at. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because at the beginning, there's not going to be much there. Right. But at the, you know, further down the road, it feels like this open, like open startups with bare metrics. It makes sense when you hit around 10 K because then there's the social proof of, okay, you've hit this bar and, you know, depending on what your numbers look like, (laughs) then you can say, okay, well, do we feel comfortable at this point? But right now there's so many unknowns. We just don't know, like we don't know what to expect and what people would think. So if someone's like Googling around and going, okay, transistor review or whatever, and then they find this and they go, well, holy hell, in the last 30 months, they've had 60 cancellations. Yeah. But it doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't say, you know, whatever. It was, those their, were... Their trial ended and they canceled or whatever. Yeah. Or or there were 50 Russian hackers and we, we found yeah. out that they're, you know. So <laughs> I think... That piece. The other thing for us to consider is I know some of the people that are doing this open startups thing, it's been really stressful for the founders because they're always comparing their numbers to other people and other people are too. So other people, you're inviting commentary on the internet of like, oh, well, Transistor's only doing this and these guys are doing this. And when you're trying to stay focused on what customers want... And you're trying to stay focused on your own life and your own, you know, struggles and your own whatever. That could be an additional thing for us that might add stress to our life. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something to consider too: is how emotionally ready are we for something like that? Yeah, hmm. that's a good point. I guess we're trying to decide what to do here on the show. Should we say we're gonna? Do indie hacker, mm-hmm. yeah. Open metrics first, and then if we get to ten thousand a month, we'll do it. Yeah, I, mean, I if we get to ten thousand a month, I would be. Oh yeah, I I'd be super happy regardless. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that gives an indication of what our numbers are well, now. But actually, that's a <laughs> that's another advantage is uh, it might provide motivation. Yeah. So when people. At MicroConf, people were like, so what's your goal for Transistor? And I said, well, John and I haven't really talked about it, but you know, next year at, at this time, I would love for us to be at $10,000 MRR. And that would, that's very aggressive, right? Like, yeah. that, that would be, wow, that, if we could get there, that would be incredible. But in making the numbers public might provide motivation to say, okay, well, it's May eleventh, two thousand eighteen. May twelfth. I mean, why did I say May twelfth? May eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Let's. We're going to try to be at ten thousand dollars MRR, and it, it kind of puts you know a stake down, saying we're this is what we're trying to do, and we're trying to be accountable to the public, right? I I would be okay with us going transparent on indie hackers. Okay. Yeah. Should we do it right now? Sure. Do you have you have an account? Yeah, you have an account. I have an account. Yeah. How do we do this? Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm going to look at, we're on 
indie hackers already. We're going to do this live. We're, we might regret this. This is going <laughs> to, this might be the last time we figure out something on air. You bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to log in products under my profile. Transistor is incomplete because we haven't added revenue data. Yeah. So if you go to indiehackers.com slash product slash transistor, and I'm going to hit add revenue. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Do you want me to share my screen so you can see it? I'm on the, I'm on the page too. I, I'm just waiting for, uh, for John to DM me and go, what the f man? We, <laughs> why are we doing this? Uh, here we go. So I'm going to share my screen with John so he can see. So connect my Stripe account. Okay. Click this. Oh, it's doing something. Connecting to Stripe. This might take a minute or two. There's not a lot of numbers to crunch. <laughs> okay, so it hasn't showed us on the tr the chart yet, but it says Transistor has generated one thousand three hundred dollars in revenue in the last thirty days. Really? Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wait, wait, I mean, a, wait a second. <laughs> I suppose that's. As I suppose that's possible, right? Yeah, folks, you can see it right now. Now, this number's going to go down. This is what's so This yeah. number's going to go down because we, we charge some folks in for annual plans. But you can see this yourself. We just did it. IndieHackers.com slash product slash transistors slash revenue. And uh, yeah, I There's guess... There's no chart yet. Does it, does it maybe start your chart when you connect Stripe, not from... Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good point. Part of me is wondering if uh, maybe it's doing some background work. Yeah, they're 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 generating some stuff. All right, so yeah, folks, you should be able to see that. Uh, we just made a decision on air <laughs> that we might regret, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that'll be interesting to, for for folks to see. And actually, as soon as we made this live, and I saw that, I was like, okay, wow. Now I feel like I really want to get to 10k. Uh, having announced it and then showing people, I kind of feel like that. Wh what do you feel? Do you feel any like post-transparency regret right now? No. Now I'm going to check this thing every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some ways, this indie hackers thing is like almost better. Uh, it's like a s nice, simple chart, right? It, yeah. It, it's kind of helpful. <laughs> so let's kind of wind down here and talk about what's been happening uh, here at Transistor, we mentioned you just released analytics. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we had a, a bit of analytics. Basically, it was a landing page for your show that showed the last 14 days of of listening data. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we've been collecting your listening data and metrics uh, from day one, but just hadn't built out any any charts that really helped you dig into anything. Um, mm -hmm. So right now it's, it's basically, I think what we're thinking of is like version one of this, of these metrics. Yeah. Um, pretty simple. Just like uh, you can choose an episode you want to focus on or all your episodes at once. Yeah. Um, and a time frame, which is either like 30 days from the beginning of the show, uh, custom date range yesterday, today, um, yesterday and today, we'll break it down by hour of the day. Oh, cool. I haven't seen that yet. I and if you do, I'm just watching your screen. It's like really slow. So it's, either, <laughs> it's either broken or... <laughs> I think I just broke oh, it. There it is. 
Uh, here, I'm going to put, let's put, oh, wait, that's the past year. Let's put yesterday. Okay, cool. Yeah, here's the hourly breakdown. So what I, yeah, there's like some weird stuff for like, I'm looking at your chart. 6 a.m., there's like no downloads. I guess there's only one at 7 a.m., so. Yeah, this this is for the Mega Maker show. So it got, yesterday, it got 42 downloads. And then you can, if you if you do 60 days or below, it breaks it down by day. And then if you go over 60 days, it breaks it down by month. Because it's it, it'd be really hard to show, mm-hmm. you know, 90 individual days of data on a bar chart. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a start and it'll show for each time period you you choose. It shows either, you know, total downloads for that period, average per day. Um and like Justin mentioned earlier, um there's you can kind of get your average subscribers if you look at an extended period of time and sort of like how what your large spikes are. Mm-hmm. Because that usually relates to when your episode is released. Yeah. Uh, just because of how these like podcatchers will download everything at the same time, which I think also um, brings up the need to sort of split up data between like mobile apps, if we can, and people listening through a browser. Cause it's like, you're always going to get a spike in downloads from people that subscribe yeah. with iTunes or overcast or whatever, because they'll just download it at, generally the same time yeah at, at some point we might be able to approximate better how many subscribers people have by taking yeah. some of those spikes but then also taking you know cross-referencing how many of those are coming from specific clients yeah we're gonna have to make some assumptions but we can at least assume you know make the best assumptions we can and say okay well we, you're probably around this number mm-hmm. and so yeah for you know, yeah, if you can if you can look at all time and um, you can look at, uh, oh, yeah, and you can look at like weekly kind of whatever, then you'll have a better sense of, okay, my spikes are kind of around here. And so I've got roughly this many subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, for anyone, anyone listening or anyone using us right now, there's a lot of other insights and charts we can build out and numbers that we can kind of bubble up to the top. We have all the data. We have, you know, general listener location data. We have what they're using to listen to mm-hmm. when they're listening to it. Um, I know a lot of people have been requesting. I need, I want to know like when people drop off or if they stop listening before the end of the show. And like, I think we've talked about that before and how that, how difficult that is. Yeah. Um, we can probably get some of that data through the web player eventually, but it's going to be really hard to do through individual apps. Yeah, there's, and there is a new uh, open platform called, it's called ping, some podping.info. Yeah. And they're trying to become kind of like the, the open platform that collects some of that data. The only challenge in podcasting is that all of the podcast players have to adopt it. And right. I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, Marco Arment's latest thing. He's going more private with his data, so he's saying he's just removed uh, email tracking from Overcast. So you used to sign up with an email address, and then he would right, track right. all your stuff based on that. And now he's he's just removed it. And he wrote this post about how um, 
you know, pod, basically he said, podcast publishers have enough data. We don't need more. And hmm. a lot of people disagree with him, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do we need more or just, we, do we need better, do we need to organize and analyze the data better that we already have, I guess? Yeah. Um, so like one of the things you brought up earlier in this show was, the spike of traffic we got from product hunt. Yeah. And when I was building these analytics out, I had this idea that you could, I don't know if there'd be a way to automatically do this, but you could put in like important dates Mm -hmm. into your show. Like got featured on product hunt on whatever day, whatever date that let's say April 4th. Yeah. You could enter that, that like special occasion, special date into transistor and it would actually mark that on the graph. Yeah. As like, you got this spike. Yeah. Here's this special thing you did. Um, yeah, that was April 11th. I that, yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting. But we should also be able to get some of that information uh, from the referrer data as well, right? We should be able to see, um, wow, you really got a big bunch of traffic to the web player from Product Hunt. Yeah, to the, yeah, the web player for sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but yeah, I think that would be cool to be able to flag certain events and say, you know, for sure. And especially with podcasts, because in so many cases, you might read about it on the web, but your next step might be completely disconnected. You pick up your phone, open up Overcast, click the plus button, and then search, yeah. build your SaaS. So, right. Or it's something we could call out automatically for people and say, hey, you had a big spike on this day. Yeah. Did something happen or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. So, so yeah, version one of this, um, we'll be researching and working on version two. Yeah. Slowly rolling out updates. Yeah. And folks, if you've got, you know, things you want, we're, we're listening. One of the advantages to joining a product early on is your voice just carries a lot more weight because right now, you know, eventually we want to have thousands of customers, but right now we have 60. And so... You're one person out of 60 and we, if you email us, we are listening. So if you've got ideas and you're a customer, please reach out. The other thing we wanted to set today was our marketing site launch date. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were we thinking for that, John? We said two weeks from now. Yeah. So two weeks from now is May 25th. By then you should be able to go on May 25th, 2018, you should be able to go to transistor.fm and we should have our marketing site up. Uh, we're, we're trying to, this is part of our public accountability. We want to put things out there and then try to make these deadlines. And then people can publicly congratulate us or publicly shame us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and what about a launch date? Do we want to talk about a public launch date right now? Yeah. Uh, do we maybe on the next show? I think. Yeah. Let's do it on the next show because. We still got to figure out what, what we have left that we want to finish up. Uh, okay. So next show we, we will have a date for you. And um, we're hoping that we can meet up somewhere, maybe in Canada, maybe in the States and yeah, do the launch together. Uh, we think that'd be fun. Record an episode uh, together in the same room. Yeah. So there's, there's a few more moving pieces there. If we, if we're two months, like let's say we launched in two months, that would be, uh, what would that be? June, June, July. So we'd be into the, the summer. So yep. that's uh that's probably around where we're at. And yeah, that's probably reasonable. Yeah. So 
we'll put next show, but we'll say for now, around July, we're going to have a public launch where people will be able to sign up and start using Transistor. Folks, thanks for listening. Uh, please, we've still got this t-shirt contest going on. And uh, lots of people have been leaving reviews. If you want to be entered in the contest, all you have to do is go to iTunes, search for Build Your SaaS, scroll down, click the five stars, and then write a review. All right? There's other ways you can help us too. I just discovered there's a lot of people leaving ratings for us on Breaker. So if you're on, okay. if you're on Breaker right now, click that heart uh, icon and leave a comment. I'm reading those. Actually, I think I get notified when people leave a comment. So if you could um, if you could do that and you're on Breaker, that'd be awesome. On Overcast, when you click the star icon and you share it on Twitter, that um, helps us get into the recommended uh, directory. So all of that stuff really helps. We're just a small company <laughs> trying to make things work. And all of your, you know, whenever you tell someone about the show, it, uh, yeah, just yeah. Hel- helps us out. Helps spread the word. Uh, so, folks, you can reach John Buddha. He is tw- he is tweeting again. At tweeting John- very sparingly again. Yeah, yes. you, I, I've noticed you do it in in like bursts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I realized it was uh, it had been I forget what I tweeted four hundred and some days since my last tweet. <laughs> it's like conf- my confession, right? It's been <laughs> that's a long time. I know, and I was on it. I was on it early, and I just sort of. Dropped off, but anyway. if, you, if you folks want to try to win the John Buddha Twitter lottery, follow him at John Buddha. Uh, what? Where else are you at? You're on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, uh, John Buddha Web, JohnBuddha.com. I'm M I Justin, the letter M, the letter I Justin on Twitter and Instagram. My personal site is JustinJackson.ca, and we are Transistor.fm and at TransistorFM on Twitter. We'll see you folks next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.